Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Let's talk about uh, our Latin call and one of our new members, Karen, who's been been with us a few weeks now. Hi. In the world, I just lost my. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Anyway, one of our newer members uh, said, "Could you go over how to form these tenses?" And I thought, you know, I bet you there's a heck of a lot of people on this call that could use a little review. And so I decided to really concentrate this lesson on a review, and we'll read our story too, if we can. But we'll review all our tenses we've had so far. And one thing I realize about these lessons, if I ever, I'm going to go through them and index them a bit so that if I want to find a verb review, I can find it. If I want to find where we did nouns, I can find it. Right now, it's all lesson one, lesson two, and we really don't know what's in them. So maybe we'll try to do that. And that way, uh, if you want to look back at something or forget something, you'll have a chance to do it. I'd still love to find a book that all of us could access easily, but I haven't found one yet. So uh, we'll have to just stick with my my own writing of, of a book. Um, anyway, this lesson, we're going to talk about a very important event in Roman history. In fact, it's a little bit like uh, Columbus sailing the ocean blue, I guess, in a way. Because if this particular event told about in this story hadn't happened, there wouldn't be a Rome. Okay? And yet, it's a very mythical event. It's, it's an event that probably, I doubt, seriously happened the way it's described here. But I guess it could have. But anyway, I'm looking at the very beginning of our lesson. We have a story here called Miraculous Twins. Did everybody see that? Hope so. And we're just going to look at this little story. And the thing I like about this story, it's got a little bit of a dialogue in it. Uh, you got a husband and a wife talking to each other several times. So it's kind of a kind of a good little, little dialogue. But it basically says, and I'm going to read it aloud because some of you don't have Braille displays and some of you do. And this way, at least we can hear what it says. It says, in Italia, prope fluvium tiberim, Habitabat pastor quidam nomine faustulus. Okay, so it says, in Italia, in Italia, where is that? Italy. In Italy. Now Italy, yes. Prope fluvium tiberim. Prope, and I tell you what fluvium means. It means river. It's another word for it's river. It's not the common rivers, word for no. river. Near the Tiber, Tiber river. river. The Tiber River, remember, is the river that Rome is located on. So that's an important thing to remember. Habitabat pastor quidam. Lived a what? A shepherd. Quidam, a certain shepherd. A certain shepherd. Nomine Faustulus. His name was Faustus. Right. Now notice that word shepherd. Pastor. That's where we get the English word pastor from. And your pastor, if you have one, is like your shepherd. And that's where they get that word from, from this Latin word for shepherd. Okay. So you have this shepherd, Faustulus. Hodie ad casam, redi it. 
et uxorem nomine acam larentiam magna woke woca. Okay, so what does he do? It says that he today 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 yes okay <laughs> he led the camp he returned to the camp yep he returned to his house to his hut. yeah to his hut uh, yeah they hut. lived in huts back then or cottages uh, whatever you want to use for that word not that's where i get the spanish word casa you're exactly uh, correct you're exactly correct it is Et uxorem nomine acam laurentiam magna woke wokat. What does he do? He calls uh, his, his wife in a loud voice. He called his wife, his wife in a loud name, voice. His, and her name is Acam Laurentium. Acam Laurentium. By the way, her name is really Acam Laurentia. Yeah. It's in the accusative <laughs> because it's in apposition with wife. Wife was a direct object of call. He called his wife, and you've got to keep the apposition, you know, the, the descriptive phrase in the same case, Aca Laurentia. And he says, Uxor, Wayne Kilariter ad me. <laughs> Wife, come to me fast. <laughs> come, yeah. come to me quickly. <laughs> All right, Laurentia. Mm -hmm. See, Gary, Pop3 yeah. has a raised hand, and I think that's Karen on our iPad. Yes, hi, Karen. Yeah. Hi. Uh, I just wanted to know if there is a capitalization in Latin. Yes, there Real? is. And in my notes, you do have some capitals. <laughs> okay. Uh, for example, the names are capitalized. Well, now let me let me answer that a little differently. In real Latin, if you're really reading Latin, there is capitals, but there but there is no other punctuation. Okay, gotcha. Um, well, there might be a period. I, I'm not sure about that. Probably a period, but no punctuate, no commas, no quotation marks, nothing like that. No question marks. Uh, however, there are capitals. Okay, just a sec. Papa three, did you try to lower your hand? Yeah. I lowered your hand. Yeah. Okay. 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 Sorry. I will lower it. You're so, okay. But in, in modern books, we usually put them in to, to help okay. people read better and that kind of thing. But that's why you may or may not know this, but if you want to ask a question in Latin, like one of these questions like that don't that doesn't have an interrogative pronoun in it. You know, in English, you can do that by raising your voice. Like, for example, do you like Latin or do you like Latin? You know, you can tell it's a question by raising your voice. And they certainly could do that. And you can also tell it's a question because it's got a question mark on it. In Latin, it wouldn't have. So in Latin, to show that you're asking a question, you put a little word ne, N-E, on the first word of the sentence. Just attach it right to the first word of the sentence. So, okay. for example... Do you see me? You see me. You put that little N-E on there. So that, that shows a, a Roman, since he doesn't have a question mark, that shows him it's a question coming up. And there are a couple would, other would, things. Would Latin have been a polytonic or a monotonic language? Because obviously we don't have any recordings of people. Well, they raised their voice the same way we would with, if it was a question. It's not like Greek, where Greek actually Greek actually has accent marks, and those accent marks show difference in tone um, if you do it right. Now, very few people know how to do it. Uh, if you want to hear some accented Greek on Bard, there is a book called Homer's Iliad. I'm not sure what they call it on Bard, but it's read by Stephen Dites and it's read completely in Greek. 
And if you listen to it, you're going to think it's you're going to think you're going crazy because he goes, man, and I eat it. And that's the way it actually would probably have been said. And it's because Greek is a tonal language and it goes up and down. For example, Carly, if you have a, an acute accent, you go up. Tis. If you have a grave, you keep it steady. Tis. And if you have a circumflex, you say tis, something like that. Uh, but Latin doesn't have that. But Latin would have used the same kind of expression probably that you would, anybody would use. You know, uh, for example, uxor, weni calera terad me. You know, you would say that with some expression in your voice. All right. And so you would say, la rentia weined at virum rogawit. Quit est. <laughs> okay, so what does she say? She rushes over because she she's a good, obedient wife. She rushes over when he calls her and she says what? What is it? Yep, what is it? And she asks Kanyung. her man, you know, she asks her man. Yep, yep she, okay, yes, yeah, she, who is it? She, where does it say that? She comes and she asks her husband. Weirum can mean man or husband, yeah. or hero. Um, it's not just a word like homo just means mankind. It really means a hero, a husband, a, a, an important kind of man. Quit ask conjuncts. What is it, spouse? What is it, husband? Why have you called me? Why have you called me? And he says, Do what? Um, come with me. Come with me. Come with me to the blank bank of the river. To the bank of the river. He answered. I want to show you something wonderful. I want to show you a wonderful thing. We have to hurry. It's necessary for us to hurry. Okay. Pastore uxore casa cucurerunt at ad tiberim festinawerunt. All right. What do they do? What did they do? The shepherd and his wife um, run to the house. All right. They ran. They ran to the house. They, no, they ran. Or from, they ran from, from the house. From the house. To the, uh, from the house to the, the, um, to the Tiber the, the River. Tiber River. All right. La rentia virum malta rogabat. Notice the difference in tense. That last sentence was in the perfect tense. They left blank. I mean, it's, it's, it happened. It's over. This next sentence is in the imperfect. She kept asking her husband many things. Mm -hmm. Rogabat. She kept asking. She was asking him all the way along. What do you want me? What do you want to do? What do you want to do? What do you know, can you imagine? And, he, and he's not saying anything. Uh, Gary, Gary, yes. are the, that's both accusative. She asked her husband and she asked many things. Both. Yes. Two, they two, both are accusative. That's what. Huh? In other words, the thing you ask is in the accusative. Right. And the person you ask is in the that, accusative. That's weird. <laughs> that's called the double accusative. If you want to know the grammar name for it, it's called the double accusative with verbs of asking and teaching. Teaching. Do exactly the same thing with teaching. She taught her husband many things. Okay. You would do exactly the same thing. Okay. And by the way, that's very different from French, where the person you ask is a two phrase. You know, like you say in French, demande à. 
Yes, in yeah, Spanish you have the personal that. ah. You know, uh, okay, yeah. So I, so it's very different um, than what we're used to. In English, we we pretty much do the same thing. She taught him many things, or she right. asked him many things. We do pretty much the same thing, except we don't show the case. Uh-huh. But it is the direct object still, anyway. Uh-huh. All right. We are Tom Men Nihil Responde Bot, the man. Notice. Again, imperfect tense. He kept answering nothing. In other words, all the time she's saying, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? He continued to not say anything. So it's like watching a film. This imperfect tense is like a film in a way, whereas the perfect tense is more like a picture. All right, but what's he do? Uxorem ad ripam flui eduks it. Now we got a perfect tense again. He didn't say anything, but he led. Or to One the time, he led what he wife, wife to the bank of the river to the bank of the river. Ubi ad ripam ad wenerunt la rentia ripam spectawit. Spectawit. Where is Ubi, right? Where? Well, when this time, when? When, well, when that's right, when at the bank they the, met, they ad- arrived. Yeah, when they arrived, they arrived at the bank, the bank. Uh, they arrived, uh, Lorente. Um, okay, I see it's a different order. Um, and she, wait, the she waited, they waited. No, she didn't expect it, she oh. spect it. Oh, look at your spectacle. Yeah, it's another word for see. She see. looked okay. at the bank. Okay. Now, I had a Spanish speak? interference problem there. Uh, <laughs> well, there is a Latin word expecto to wait, it's like to look out for. You know, if you're waiting for someone, you're looking out for them, watching for, them. and it's the same thing here. So, expecto to wait. Specto to see. It means to look at carefully, like to really, really focus in on it, you might say. All right. Ibi we did lupam. She saw there a wolf. All right. And what's that wolf doing? Quai pueros geminos alebat. Which who they ate. Um the twin twin boys who was feeding he, oh feeding was feeding yeah, twin were. boys twin in boys. other words she's nourished she's you know giving them milk all right lupa pueros diligenter curabat et lingua lambebat notice the imperfect tense this mm-hmm. wolf is continuing to was continuing to do this and continuing to care watch over and care mm-hmm. for all right she was taking diligent she was care. diligently taking care of them and, and what else? Licking with and licking, licking them, them long the lingua with her lingua. Tongue, tongue, and licking them with her tongue. Okay. By the way, that's a very interesting little thing here, and I would love to know. There are a lot of stories about children being raised in the wild. For, Carla, I don't know if you're familiar with the most famous one in French or not called L'Enfant Sauvage about um, yeah, L'Enfant Sauvage. About the guy named Itard, who was like the father of special education. Right. He, they found this kid named Victor out in the woods about nine or 10 years old. And they took him in, tried to help him, but he was too, you know, he, he had been out in the wild too long and they couldn't really help him. And I think at the end, Itard said, get on back out of here, go back out to the wild if you want to. He, he was discouraged that he couldn't help him. 
Yes, if you miss the the um, window between um, birth to five years old and they don't get right. their language development, they miss that opportunity. That's sort of the right. window of opportunity in right. child development. And that's why, you know, if somebody loses their ability to speak and understand speech at an early age, it's very difficult for them to get it back. Now, Herodotus wouldn't agree with you about that. <laughs> no, no. You all know who Herodotus is, right? He's the father of history. He's a Greek that yes. wrote the first history we ever have. And some people think it's a bunch of bunk, but, but it has very interesting things in it. The very first sentence of it, you would love. I mean, it would interest you. It says there was a guy named Gyges who was actually madly in love with his wife. I guess that was unusual to be really in love with your wife back in those days. But anyway, um, in his account, somebody wanted to know what the original language of the world was. And so what they did, they took these three kids and put them in a room and left them alone and didn't let them associate with anyone, each other or no one. And then after about so many years, they took them, uh, they took some bread into them. And they said the word bekos, which is the Babylonian word for bread. So they figured Babylonian must have been the first language in the world. <laughs> That's his story. Now you can believe it or not, as you as you wish. Um, so <laughs> I can't say. Anyway, what does she say? Age faustule, clamavit la rentia. Age faustule. Um, By the way, what is Faustule? What is that E ending on there? Nominative? No. no. Address? Yes. Vocative. 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 Direct address. Come on, Faustulus. Age means like, come on. Come on, yeah. Come on, Faustulus. She says what? Ramam arboris aripe et lupam repele. Do what? Um... Um, take a what the branch a branch of the tree. Yeah, take a branch of the tree, the tree and drive the wolf away. Drive the wolf away, right? All right, and he says, "Kurme lupam repellere." Wait a minute, what's the arpite there? Arpite, arpite, arpite. Uh, that's the uh, imperative. Oh, that's the imperative. Oh, that's, that's the command form. Yeah. All right. Now, what does he ask her? Kurme lupam repellere usisti. Why do you order me to drive the wolf away? Why have you ordered me to drive the wolf away? He says. Lupa pueros neque wexat neque terre. Neque, neque. I don't know if we've had that phrase or not. What does neque, neque mean? Not hurt. No. Never hurt. Well, neque means neither nor. Neither nor. nor. So, um, oh, darn Neither. it. I lost my complete place. Wait a minute. I don't know how I did this. I lost my place. Here we go. Um, yeah, he's, so he says, uh, lupa nec pueros neque wexat neque teret. Yeah. The wolf is neither annoying or nor frightening. Or scaring. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. What's eke mean? Do you know? Here is. Behold. Yeah, here is. Behold. Behold. Pueros curat. Quote, eos amat. She's what? 
Oh, she's she loves. She's caring for, and she loves them. Yeah, yeah. she's caring for them because she loves them. Loves them. Itawero responded uxor. Itawero means like okay, yeah, right, okay. true. <laughs> it does yes, right, sort of yep. like ita. Yes. Well, it does thus. Gosh. Thus truly. What that really means is thus truly. And so you could translate it yes if you wanted to. Thus truly. Yes, said the wife. But what? Ego pueros at casam nostrum portare wolo. I wish to um, carry to mm -hmm. take them the to boys them. to the hut. To our house. I want to take them to our house. Ego et tu. By the way, notice this is a difference in Latin from English. Latin says, I and you ought to do something. English says, you and I ought to do something. And I guess, Carla, what is it in Spanish? If they said, would they say, I and you or you and I would say, you and I like the usted y yo or tu. Okay, they do the same way. Yeah. Okay. And that, but for some reason, Latin likes to take the first person, second person, then third person. So I and you, or actually, if you translate this, you probably ought to do it in English. You and I, we ought to do what? Debemus curare. Care of our what, children? We ought to take care of the boys, the boys. just as our children. Yeah, just as if they our we, children. Yeah. We ought to raise them as our children. Oh, that's your velut. As if yeah, that's the velut, right. As if. Faustulus ad lupam apropinquawit. He did what? You know that word apropinquawit? I don't know if we've had that word or not. Comes close to? Approach. Yeah, he comes close to the wolf. He came close to the, to the wolf. And what's he do? It says, Aam ramo repellere parawit. Parawit. Um. He, he prepares to hit her with a stick. Well, he prepared to drive her away. Repel. But the wolf, what? Lupatamen, neque latrawit, neque pastorem petiwit. Neque, neque again. He neither, the wolf neither. Latrawit. Wait a minute, 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 wait a minute. Uh okay, here we go. I lost place again. But the wolf neither barked latrawit. That's a neat word for bark. It almost sounds like a bark. Latrawit. Neither barked. What's the Spanish word for bark? Maybe we said last week. The French word is aboye. Abois. What's the French word for? Okay, yeah. it comes right from this word then. Um, he neither barked nor attacked, attacked the, the shepherd or shepherd. sought the shepherd, meaning yeah. like attacked him. But what did he do? What did the wolf do? Pueros lambit and in silva a fugit. He licked the boys, uh, you know, lambit, yeah, licked. Yep, and ran into and ran the to the woods into the jungle. or pueros ad casam portawerant. Almost mm. done. Huh.
Then uh, the husband and wife took the boys to their house. Yep. Took the boys to their house. Shepherd took the boys. Oh, hut, hut. To their hut. Okay. Sine dubio, exclama with Faustulus. Without a doubt. doubt, exclaimed. He says what? They are miraculous boys. They are miraculous. And that's the end of our story. Now, who are these boys? Do you know? Romulus and Remus. They're going to be Romulus and Remus. Right. And this is how they start. Now, let me give you a little tiny bit of background on this because uh, I don't think we we know. We've seen it anywhere. What actually happened is, remember remember our friend Aeneas we talked about with the Trojan War? Well, his son, Aeneas built a city called Lavinium, named after his wife, remember. And then his son moved the capital to a city called Alba Longa. And that was the capital of, I mean, that was a big city in Italy for years and years and years and years, okay? 300 and some years. There was a king came along whose name was New, whose name was, um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I can't think of his name. um, Anyway, whatever this king's name was, he had two sons. One son's name was Numitor. Proca, I believe that was his name. This this king had two sons. Numitor was the rightful king. He's the one that should have been the king. There was another guy named Amulius who was his brother. You can think of him as a mule because he wouldn't listen to anybody. And Amulius, as soon as his father you know, died, he threw his brother off the throne and put him in prison. And then he became king and he killed all of his brother's male children so they couldn't take the kingdom. And he took his brother's daughter, whose name was Rhea Silvia. What a lovely name, right? And he made her a Vestal Virgin. And in those days, you know, Vestal Virgins, uh, if they were caught even kissing a man, or if they were at all suspected of sleeping with a man, they would be buried alive. That was their punishment. Uh, so he makes her a Vestal Virgin, pretending that he's honoring her. But, of course, he's really hoping by making her a Vestal Virgin, she could never have any children. And therefore, nobody's going to disturb his kingdom. Well, the god Mars liked the looks of this girl. And so he uh, slept with her and she got pregnant. Well, whether Livy, the, the historian who tells us this story, says whether she really did get pregnant by Mars or rather she just covered her love affair by saying it was Mars. You know, in those days, if you got pregnant, you could always say, oh, God did it and you know, <laughs> get away with it. Uh, so whichever it is, anyway, her uncle had nothing to do. Nothing. He didn't, he didn't take any of those excuses and he killed her. But before he killed her, she gave birth to two twins and they decided, okay, we're going to expose these twins. Expose means we leave them out to die. So, the Tiber River had overflowed at that point. And so they took them down to the Tiber, put them in a basket, like with Moses, and they put them in the river. And I guess they figured they're in a basket. Maybe they'll survive. And if the gods want them to survive, they'll survive. But probably they're going to drown. It's very likely they're going to drown. Well, the river uh, did not flood quite as high. And it washed, you know, it, the, the flood water subsided. And the basket was left on dry land with these two little boys in it. A wolf heard these little boys crying and came along and fed them. 
And that's where this story picked up that we just read. The shepherd sees them feeding, and he and his wife take them in and raise them. And so they can learn English and they become or English and learn Latin and they can become good, good Latin citizens. Um, now when they grow up, they decide uh they 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 work to keep rest rustlers, you know, cattle rustlers. There's a whole bunch of robbers and rustlers around. They're trying to fight against them. And someone captures Remus and puts him in prison. And while he's in prison, uh, well, these rustlers take him to the authorities and they throw him in prison. And while he's in prison, he meets this old man who turns out to be his grandfather, Numitor. And his grandfather suddenly realizes this could be my twin, one, my twin grandsons, this boy and his brother who's still out. And so he organizes kind of a, a coup from within the prison and some people from without the prison, Romulus gets together and they all take over and they force Amulius to abdicate and they put Numitor back on the throne, the rightful king. What's but the name of the good son again? The good son is? Um, Numitor. Numitor, his name is. And they put him back on the throne. So he becomes king then. But the boys don't want to stay there. They want to found their own city. They don't want to stay in Alba Longa. So they want to go where they were suckled by the wolf. They want to go there and found a city. And so they go there, but they get into a contest. Who's going to found the city? Who's going to rule it? Who's going to be king of it? And how are we going to tell who the gods want of us to be king of it? And so they decide to have an augury. Now, in those days, uh, an augury is something you do to try to find out the will of the gods. And they're going to do it. There's several ways you can do it. One way is to sacrifice an animal and see what its liver looks like. And if its liver is good, then the gods want you to do this probably. But another way is to watch the flights of birds. So in other words, you're going to see what birds fly over you. And depending on what birds fly over you, that's going to show you what the gods want you to do. And so Remus goes to one hill. Romulus goes to another little hill. They're a little tiny hill. But, and they stand on these hills and they watch. And the first thing, Remus is the first one to see any birds. Six vultures fly over him. So he says, I won. I won because I saw the first. But then 12 vultures fly over Romulus. So they have a big argument over is the one that sees the bird first, is he the winner, or the one that has the most birds, is he the winner? And some people say that's when Romulus and Remus got in a fight, and that's when Remus got killed. Okay, but there's a more picturesque version of it. The more picturesque version says, that Remus, uh, Romulus started to build his walls. He started to build the walls of his city because he figured he had won, and he started to build his city. And Remus came along and said, Ooh, look at them tiny little walls. They weren't even very big. He just started them. He said, you, they couldn't keep nothing out of Fox and get in those walls. And he leaped over them just to show how dumb they were, you know. And Romulus got angry at his brother for leaping over his walls and killed him. And uh, then he became the king of the city. And we don't talk about Rheem, we talk about Rome. So the city of Rome is named after him. But what a way to start, huh? Kill your brother? But that's too bad. That's the way it is. That's what's in Roman, that's what's in Roman legend anyway.
And by the way, where do we get all these legends? How do we know anything about these legends? Well, the Romans told these stories, you know, to their children and to themselves and kept these stories alive. But finally, around the time when Augustus was ruling, a guy by the name of Titus Livius, we call him Livy, he wrote a book, a great big book called From the Founding of the City, Aburbe Condita. And, it, and he put all these old stories that he had heard in this book. And that's why we have a lot of these stories now. He preserved them for us by putting them in this book. And uh, and that's why we can read about early Rome. So there we are. Any comments or questions on this? That is a very interesting story. And I'd forgotten the myth of Remus and Romulus. I mean, it's been years since we read any of that stuff, too. And I didn't get to it in the mythology book, I guess. Well, it's, yeah, it's Roman mythology. And you it's probably in a mythology book, but it's not the kind of mythology you might you know, when you talk about studying mythology, you might not think of that as mythology, but it actually is. Yeah, we did do uh, and it. in world history, you might have mentioned Romulus and Remus a little bit when you talk about if you even still study Rome, which I think now in world history, they start with the Middle Ages. I don't even know if they do any of this ancient stuff anymore or not. But uh, it's a, it's an interesting story. Well, look at the symbolism, right? Children of the God of War. What better person to found your city than the than than to have the God of War as your father, right? I mean, that's who you want, right? The God of War is my dad. I can conquer anybody. So that's great symbolism. In fact, you're you're fed on wolf's milk. You know, that's going to give you a little extra power. And then the fact that you were strong enough to overcome your brother. Nobody's going to leap. Oh, when Romulus kills his brother, he says he makes the remark, "May anyone perish." Who jumps over my walls? Um, may, may anyone perish in this way who jumps over my walls? So it's like, you know, anyone jumps over my walls, they're going to die. And uh, it pretty much turned out to be true for the Romans. So it's great symbolism. Great symbolism. All right. Any questions on this? All right, we're going to go to something very boring like verb review. Um, but we're going to sing our verb song. And you guys like our verb song, I think. <laughs> if you remember our verb song way back. Now, of course, we had several verb songs. One was the personal ending verb song. And that's the one that said, oh, is I. Remember that one? Mm -hmm. S is you. Mm -hmm. T is he. T is she. T mm -hmm. is it. Muss is we, this is you, NT they. Remember that song? That's our first verse. Yes, song. yes, tap. O is I, S is you, T is he, T is she, T is it, Muss is we, this is you, NT they. And those endings are used for present, imperfect, and future tenses. They're not used for the perfect tense. Um, but anyway, the second verb song is the one that shows you all the tenses of present tense. And what I do here is I show you, first of all, all the possible verb endings for present tense. Okay? And so first thing I show you is infinitives. You tell a verb conjugation by the infinitive. Okay? And that's the second principal part. We were doing principal parts back there a while. 
So A-R-E is first conjugation. Second conjugation is long E-R-E. Remember that? Third mm-hmm. conjugation is short E-R-E. Third mm-hmm. I-O is short E-R-E. And fourth is I-R-E. And so the first verse of our song goes, first conjugation has A-R-E. Second conjugation has long E-R-E. Third conjugation has E-R-E. Third I-O has E-R-E. And fourth conjugation has I-R-E. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Now, don't sing with me on on Zoom because you'll you'll blo- you'll mess us up. But sing if you want to mute or whisper it to yourself. First conjugation has a r e. Second conjugation has long e r e. Third conjugation has e r e. Third i o has e r e. Fourth conjugation has i r e. Okay, that's a start, right? This this ought to be number one on your hit parade right now. Learn <laughs> your verbs. I used to tell my kids that. Make this song number one on your hit parade, and you can pass your verb test. For present tense. All right. So then we want to do I. We want to do I. How do you say I in all the conjugations? First conjugation has just O. Second conjugation has E-O. Third conjugation has just O. Third I-O. And fourth, you know, they both end in I-O. Remember that? First conjugation has just O. Second conjugation has E-O. Third conjugation has just O. Third I-O. And fourth, you know. They both end in I-O. Now, let's do you. Second person. First conjugation has A-S. Second conjugation has E-S. Third conjugation has I-S. Third I-O. And fourth, you can guess, they both end in I-S. Right? The uh, fourth one has an accent, right? Yes. Yes. The fourth conjugation. Okay. If you want to do that. Third I-O. And fourth, you can guess. Third is IS and fourth is long IS. <laughs> it's kind of hard to do, <laughs> but you're exactly right. It does have a long mark. Uh, first conjugation has AT. Second conjugation has ET. Third conjugation has IT. Third IO and fourth, you can see they both end in IT. This, this, is, this, is, this is easy if you just follow this along. And I've given you the charts. And I've given you the song, and you can, if you have your notes, you can just follow right along. First conjugation has A-M-U-S. Second conjugation has E-M-U-S. Third conjugation has I-M-U-S. Third I-O. And fourth, you can guess, they both end in I-M-U-S. Except, Carla, you're right, the fourth one has a long mark. Uh-oh. Still there? Yeah. I'm here. Hello. Uh-oh. No. Oh, okay. My my thing said my thing said uh, your internet is in unstable news window, and I was scared I had gone off. Okay, I'm still here. <laughs> uh, still first here. conjugation <laughs> is a T I S. Second conjugation is a T I. Oh yes, they both end in I T I S. And one more, one more. First conjugation okay, is twenty minutes to the top of the hour. Oh, thank you, thank you very mm-hmm. much. First conjugation has A-N-T. Second conjugation has E-N-T. Third conjugation has U-N-T. Third I-O and fourth you can see. They both end in I-U-N-T. Uh-oh. <laughs> You're sounding really like a drunk. Yeah, right. I think your internet connection is going. You kind of sounded kind of weird. Oh, dear. I bet that sounded wrong. I bet that but you're good fun. now. Yeah, you're good that. now. Right, right. Oh, good. I don't know why my internet's like that. Anyways, you shouldn't. I'm, I got another Zoom meeting tonight. I hope I don't mess out on that one either. 
Anyway, that's the present tense, and they're all listed there for you. I wish somebody had taught me that song when I was in Latin one. It would have made it a lot easier, but uh, but they didn't, and I didn't have the sense enough to invent it back then. But the song <laughs> is right there, and uh, it's it's for you, and you have it right there in your notes if you get the notes. Now, does that make sense to everybody? Any questions on this? So basically, then, to tell what conjugation a verb is in, we do what? Look at the second principal part. If it says A-R-E, it's first. If it says long E-R-E, it's second. If it says short E-R-E, it's third or third I-O. And if it says I-R-E, it's fourth. And that will show us. And anytime you, any verb you learn, if you if you had a dictionary and looked it up in that dictionary, that's what you would see. By the way, do you know that that stupid Amazon... Um, that a lady, nor the tele, nor the nor the cell phone either. They will not translate Latin. Did you know that? Mm. Have wow. you tried to do any Latin on them? No, I've tried. They don't have Latin. They what? They don't have Latin. No, they will not do Latin. They'll do Spanish. They'll do French. They will not do Latin, and that's a shame. Hurts yeah, um, well. They all they have all these language dictionaries. No Latin. Yeah, uh, I know, and and even less Greek, but. Uh, you can, I believe, and I haven't done this for a while, you can go on the web, I think, and look up a Latin dictionary on there. Yes, you can. And you can also, if you want, you're so inclined, you can switch your Google search page over to Latin and have a whole Latin problem. <laughs> you can? Oh, my oh yeah. That would be quite a that would be quite You can a switch job, it to any language. <laughs> that now that would really uh that would really be, but you know, all these, all these programs they're inventing today, uh, I get so, uh, I get so sad that, that they don't have Latin. I just, it drives me crazy. Um, I will say this, Kurzweil would read Latin pretty well because it'll read it like it's Spanish and you can understand it pretty well because of that, or it'll read it like it's Italian. And at least you can get the idea of what it's saying, you know, so at least you can do that, but anyway, anyway, um, imperfect tense. Take that present stem, which we find by dropping the R-E from the second principal part, A-R-E, E-R-E, whatever. That gives us our stem, and we add bomb, boss, bot, bombus, botus, bont to that. And in the case of third I-O and fourth, we add I-E-B-A-M, I-E-B-A-S. And you can see that I give you uh, I give you uh, some notes on that, and you can look that over. And then uh, for the perfect tense, uh, it's an altogether different stem. For the perfect tense, it's the third principal part, which we've been learning. When we did these verbs before, we didn't know the third principal part, but we do now. And so I show them to you in that big vocab list that we have at the end of my notes. But basically, you take the third principal part, drop the I, and then add your endings. In the perfect, they're E, isti, it, emus, istis, errant. You add them to your stem. And so you can look at that. Now, what you could do this week, if you want to do something, um, you know, to help you learn this, look over your verbs, look over your notes, take some time and look look them over if you want to. 
And then if you can look at this whole big verb list that I've given you here, which starts with a kipio, starts with a kipio. And I give you the meaning and I give you the principal parts. And so if you can just, if you learned five of these a day, think about how many you'd know by the end of like a month. So like, and just say them to yourself, a kipio, kippere, a kapia, keptus, to receive or accept. Ago, agre, egi, octus, to drive, to do. Now, when, when you come to first conjugation, instead of writing amo, amare, amawi, amatus, because almost all of them are the same, I just write number one, amo, number one. That means amo, amare, amawi, amatus. Audio, audire, audiwi, auditus. By the way, there are two irregular first conjugation verbs. No, there are three. There are three that do not do o, are, a, we, atus. One is do, which is do, dare, dedi, datus. One is sto, which is sto, stare, steti, staturus. And one is lawo, which is lawo, laware, lawi, lotus, or lautus, depending on which one you want to read. And there are a couple times where you might have two possible principal parts. And if they if that happens, I give you a parenthesis. For example, edo. Now, edo is a really weird verb. In the first place, the present tense has an irregular form. You can say edit, which means he eats, or you can say aced, long E-S-T, he eats. And either one is correct. Okay, don't ask me how that ever happened, but it did. And then the... the uh, uh, the third, the second principal part can be essay or edere, either one. Um, so it's weird. And then you have the irregular verbs, which you don't even know the present tense of yet. Uh, but I gave you the perfect. But the, the weirdest one of these is pharaoh, fere, tuli, latus, because they don't look at all alike. I mean, the second one's different from the first one. The third one's really different from the second one. And the fourth one's really different from all the rest of them. And so that's that's a very strange, uh, strange verb. Um, any questions on this? Any questions on this at all? This was an excellent review. I mean, I, I really like this, that you put all the meanings and everything. And, you know, I think this is um, definitely also a good um this would be a good episode of the class to download because you sing the song and review it. It really would. It really would. It really would help. Karen, did this help at all for you? Because you were saying you, you wanted to check on how to how to make the different tenses. Very much. Very okay, helpful. Did you ever have Latin before? You seem like you No. No? no, Spanish. Oh, well. Yeah, okay. years of Spanish. Right, right, right. Well, that, a lot of us on here <laughs> seem to know... You uh, you could get downcast, which is what I did, and you can download all this so you have the entire class. All the audio sessions are up there. So I just thought I'd mention that. Really? On down if you get downcast? You, know, you get downcast and you have an ACB community and they're all available. They'll just all download onto your phone. You have them all. The problem I have is finding them. Uh maybe, maybe maybe Danette, you have an idea of that. When you look these recordings up, at least the way I do, they're all scattered and they're not numbered, you know, I guess the way they had to do them because they go back to last year. I find it a little hard to find them all. But you say in downcast or they downcast, all listed? Yeah, just have it download the ACB community and try to get all the cast and then just get rid of the ones that you don't want. 
so that the, uh, you should get a Latin class. Just keep those and get rid of all the rest of it. Good night. That wouldn't that be a terrible job? I mean, you'd have because think of all the classes there are up here on this community. Well, there are I only mean, so many recordings, so you know. I mean, oh. I'm just suggesting. I've just been doing it as I went along. Yeah. Well, now they say that you can search on here that the search thing they give you works, but I've never found it to work very well, but maybe it does. Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. But anyway, I think I've got most of them, but I just go through and look for them kind of, but the downcast might be easier. You can ask Herbie. He's a, Herbie's a technology type person. You know, you could ask him or, or Chanel. Yeah. Yeah. Herbie. I'm sure they would know. They would know probably. Um, but anyway, yeah, this is a good class for you to have because it would be uh, a good review. And I know, you know, I know this is hard. We don't have a book. We don't have. Uh... Ooh. Are you all right? Oh, yeah. We, we don't have a book and we don't have, you know, things that you would like to have. We don't have a pages in front of us that we can look at. But this is the best, unless you all have another suggestion, and this is the best we can do for right now anyway. And it just gives you an idea. I know some of you don't spend an awful lot of time on this, and that's fine. At least you'll have a little bit of an idea about mm -hmm. what it is. And some of you do scrupulously do it. I appreciate that. But, uh, you know, at least you get a little bit of an idea. Now we're going to be talking about the Romans. In fact, let's quickly review the time periods. What's the first period of Roman history? Huh? In 753 when, yeah, BC. Okay, yeah, 753. April 21st, 753 BC, the day after my mother's birthday, not in 753 BC, understand, but in April 21st. Uh, Rome was founded. That's when Romulus and Remus founded Rome, or Romulus founded Rome. All right. And what's the first period of Roman history? The monarchy. The monarchy, yes. Rome ruled by seven kings. It's legendary. It's not really historical. Uh, and that we'll cover from 753 to about 509. BC. So that'll cover about 200 years, you might as well say. Uh, okay, the second period? Republic. Yep, the Republic. 509 BC to 31 BC, Rome ruled by the Senate, by the consuls, and the citizens can vote for the consuls and the other magistrates, sort of. Not as, not as well as we can. It's not a complete democracy. Uh, but it is, they do have some vote. And then uh, 31 BC to 14 AD, the third period is called what? Emperors something? Yep. The period of, well, no, no. First, yep. the principate. Oh. The principate, the rule of the first citizen. And it means it's really the rule of Augustus. They, I like to put his rule separate simply because it was the beginning. It was a new thing. It was the first emperor that Rome ever had. And we talked last week about the fact that the Romans didn't like kings. They didn't like the idea of being ruled by kings or dictators. But if you call it by the name, you're not ruled by a king. You're not ruled by a dictator. You're ruled by the first citizen. And that's the same term used as the of the head guy that ran the Senate. So... It would be like somebody taking over America and saying, I'm not a dictator. I'm simply the president. 
And yet he had the army and he controlled the army and he told everybody what to do and told Congress what to do and they did it. He'd really be a dictator, but it would sound better. <laughs> and everybody now, and, and, you know, and you know what else I was going to tell you last week? Somebody asked, why would the Romans put up with this? One reason they put up with it is Augustus ended when he became emperor, all the civil wars and the strife between people ended. And, you know, think about it today a minute. In America, we have a lot of division right now. People don't agree on things and there's a lot of, you know, turmoil and, and so forth. If, if somebody came along and took over America, God forbid, and ended this strife because everybody had to do what he said, it may be a bit of a relief in, in one way in that we wouldn't have all this turmoil. And that's what the Romans thought. They thought it was worth it that he ended all that. Nobody was, there wasn't any civil war because the Romans had been through civil wars. Um, that's why the were, Russians miss, they miss Stalin whenever, uh, you know, they didn't have Stalin anymore to tell him what to do. Right, right. Well, he was, he was awful though. He was so mean. And I mean, Augustus really wasn't a mean ruler. Um, he was pretty, uh, you know, pretty humane type of ruler. Uh, he was kind of a rascal in some ways, but I mean, he was, uh, you know, the, he treated people pretty nicely. Virgil and Horace and all those guys loved him. They praised him to the skies. And it was simply because he ended the civil wars. He ended all this fighting that was going on. Um, and then uh, the next uh, thing that happened, excuse me, I got to mute my phone. Muted. Uh, the next thing that happened, of course, was the fourth period, which is Legendary. the Empire. Yes. Oh. Legendary, is that it? No, the fourth oh. period is called the is called the Empire. And okay. that's when Rome is ruled by emperors. And some of them were pretty awful. But um, but all this bureaucracy was put into place by Augustus so that even if you had a really bad emperor, the system would keep going. Uh, you'd still have the consuls doing whatever they were doing in the Senate, even though they were doing what the emperor wanted them to do. The government would still keep going. And uh, and then, of course, in 476, Rome fell in the West. The Eastern Roman Empire kept going for a while. Rome, by that time, the empire had gotten so large it was divided. And the Western version fell, but the Eastern version kept on going for a bit. But we don't really consider that Roman history. That's really medieval history or whatever you want to call it. Any comments, questions? Yes, you could, you like repeat, to, could you repeat those four periods along with their dates real quick? I can. Now, you have them in last week's notes, but yes. Yeah. The, the first period is 753 BC to 509 BC. That's called the legendary period. And during that period, seven kings ruled Rome. And we're going to be talking about that period because that's a period you're not going to learn about in history class because it's not historical. It's legendary. The second uh, period is called the M it's called the Republic. And that's when Rome was ruled by consuls and Kings uh, not Kings consuls and the Senate. I mean, excuse me, consuls and the Senate. What's consuls your are, on that? And our uh, yes, uh, when 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 they made our constitution, uh, people studied the Roman Republic very carefully. 
third period, 31 BC to 14 AD, the Principate, and then 14 AD to 476 AD, the Empire. I have a feeling Danette's going to tell me we're about out of time. (laughs) About 57. Okay. Well, that's good. The second period, the dates of the second and third periods. Again, I'm sorry. I'm trying to Uh, reconstruct. uh, Oh, that's all right. Uh, The second period is 509 to 31. And then Mm -hmm. the third one is 31 to 14, 31 BC to 14 AD. And then the last is 14 AD to 476 AD. And by the way, I I ask your pardon if you don't like BC and AD. Some people like BCE and ACE, but I don't want to take God out of my life. So I'm using BC and AD. That's just now it's two minutes till the top of the hour. Okay. Anybody have any other questions? Oh, for for your homework, if you want to look over your principal parts and your verbs, and then try to do the exercises that we have here. And uh, we might take two weeks on this lesson because it's it's a lot it's a lot here to do. So, any comments, questions, snide remarks, anything? <laughs> Great lesson. Thank you. All right, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.